What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. We finally know what our first round playoff matchups are going to be. Well, not all of them, I guess, due to the play-in round, but we have a much clearer picture than ever before. It's easy as sports fans to get caught up in the moment and disregard the past, but today I want to look back into NBA history, namely the 2020 NBA playoffs, and see what we learned last fall in the NBA and the basketball card market and try to figure out where history might repeat itself. That often happens, and it's best if we can get out ahead of it, so let's just jump right in. year's big winners or big losers from the NBA playoffs. You know, there were some players who drastically raised their profile and some whose profiles took a hit. That's hardly ancient history since it only took place less than nine months ago, but we can still learn from what happened and project if we might see some similar cases this year. First up, there were few players who raised their profile and perception as much as Jamal Murray did with the Denver Nuggets. After the first game of last year's Nuggets-Jazz first-round matchup, it certainly appeared as though Donovan Mitchell was going to be the undisputed winner of the series, as he did average 36 points per game in those seven games. And clearly, he did raise his profile as well. But it was the young scoring guard that walked away with the series known as Jamal Murray. Uh, he averaged just under 32 points per game in this series, including back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back 50, 42, and 50-point performances. And while he cooled off in the next round a little bit, it was his 40-point outpouring in a do-or-die Game 7 to bury the second-seeded Clippers that is still remembered today. And probably the easiest way for a player to step into the realm of household name in the NBA is to score big in the playoffs. If you think back to last year's playoffs, the performances which seem to stand out the most, in my mind anyways, were Mitchell and Murray exchanging their 50-point games, Luka Doncic's 42-point playoff debut, Jimmy Butler's 40-point triple-double in Game 3 of the Finals. You score a bunch of points, and a lot of people are going to notice. So the question is, uh, looking at the first round this year, who stands the best chance to step into that prime scoring role and really surprise a lot of fans in the process? The best bet, in my opinion, has to be Michael Porter Jr. of the now Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets. In the 3-6 matchup between the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers, we have two of the top offenses in the league going head-to-head. -head. In fact, this is the highest-ranking offensive matchup of the first round, with the sixth-rated offense of the Denver Nuggets facing off against the second-rated offense of the Trailblazers. The Blazers are heading into the playoffs as one of the hottest teams in the league after winning 10 out of their last 12 games, and they're led by known clutch playoff wizard Damian Lillard. Now, the Trailblazers, they're not going to be get, you're not going to get the upset by clamping down defensively. They just don't have the personnel for that. Uh, their only hope, and, and it's pretty legitimate hope in my opinion, their only hope is to simply bury the Nuggets under a barrage of scoring. And that's absolutely going to be the game plan of the second-rated offense in the league, which obviously means that the Nuggets are going to have to do whatever they can to keep up offensively. Obviously, Captain Obvious right there. Uh, we've seen it over again over the past several months. The Nuggets, they have a pure scorer on their roster who should also be able to score as much as is needed of him so that the Nuggets can keep up, uh, you know, especially against a relatively weak defensive squad in the Portland Trailblazers. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Porter Jr. We should expect this to be a high-scoring series, and Porter Jr. will probably be leading the Nuggets in scoring several of those games. If that happens... 
he's pretty much a lock to be one of the big stories early on in these playoffs. Uh, let's go over to Slab Stocks Pro and take a look and see how his cards are performing. We're over here at Slab Stocks Pro. I'm going to pull up the Michael Porter Jr. 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie card. Uh, switching it over to the one-year view here. Uh, we see a, just a giant spike last August, you know, when the, the NBA bubble started before the playoffs. Uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. started getting more minutes. Things really just kind of took off from there, but he didn't have quite that spot in the rotation as we got into the playoffs, and things just kind of cratered from there very predictably. Once the regular season started, we saw a nice gradual increase with a few peaks, um, a couple low points back here in February. But then back, looking back at the three-month chart here from March... Uh, March, middle of March all the way up until near the end of April. We saw a general increase right along the way from 835 all the way up to 1050. And then in the last month or so, we've seen it kind of level off around the, the 860 to $950 range. Uh, in my opinion, pretty good spot for us. You know, not every card that you know, of a good performer is going to be going up during the NBA playoffs, but I think Michael Porter Jr. stands a pretty decent chance to be one of those players. If he's scoring like the way I think he is, and looking at his market and how soft it is at the moment, just kind of in wait-and-see mode, uh, I think people will wait and see that they really like what they're getting out of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think he's a good buy right now. The next big winner from last year's first round was Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. You know, this is interesting since the Mavericks lost the series two games to four to the Los Angeles Clippers. But even still, coming out of last year's playoffs, the first round departure did not damage Luka's reputation at all. Instead, he came out as the second preseason favorite to win this year's NBA MVP award. He wasn't hurt by the first round playoff loss simply because there weren't a whole ton of national expectations placed on him last playoffs. But he did come out and score 42 points in game one. 43 points in game four and 38 points in game six, really showing off just how special of a scorer he is against some of the best wing defenders in the entire league. Again, if you score, people will notice, especially when it's your very first playoff appearance, scoring in bunches can go a long way to build your credibility around the league. So this year, I'm looking at another player making his first appearance in the NBA playoffs who has the ability to score big, and that's the guy whom Luka Doncic was essentially traded for, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. He'll be appearing in the 4-5 matchup between the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, since it's the early impressions that often stick in the collective NBA mindset, their 14-20 and 20 start to the regular season really has kind of put a damper on the national excitement around this team this year. Um, although they have finally started to do a lot better and the, the excitement around the team has started to pick up. Uh, during the dreadful start to the season, the Hawks were struggling through a variety of injuries and in generally just weren't responding very well to head coach Lloyd Pierce in his third season at the helm of the team. The Hawks moved on from Pierce and installed his assistant, Nate McMillan, as head coach in his place. Since that transition of power, the Hawks are an astonishing 27-11, and 11, owning the league's eighth-best offensive rating and league's seventh-best net rating during that span of time. Pretty good stuff. Lately, the Hawks have been benefiting from really excellent play from off-season pickup and former Buck Bogdan Bogdanovich, but it's Trey Young who is at the center of this Hawks team. You know, many NBA fans probably still think of Trey Young as a Stephen Curry light, since that's what he was pigeonholed as coming into the league. And he's certainly no Steph Curry. For one thing, he's only a career 34% three-point shooter on seven attempts per game. So he definitely needs to gain consistency in that area, especially if people want to start comparing him to Curry. 
but he's smartly dialed back the attempts from deep this season, particularly those attempts which are at least three feet beyond the three-point line, and he's added in even more floaters, a shot which he is historically proficient at. All told, he does score less this year than last year. He averages three fewer attempts per game than last year, and he's also averaging four fewer points, but he's still one of the premier scorers in the league. He's scored 30 points or more on 22 different occasions this year and over 40 points four different times. And in the games, when Trey Young scores at least 30 points, the Hawks are 17 and 5. So look for him to get it going early and often against the New York Knicks. And in this, his first playoff series, and he's playing in historic Madison Square Garden, it's easy to see a scenario where Trey Young's national profile gets a rather significant boost. Let's jump on over to the Slab Stocks Pro Market and take a look at how Trey Young has been doing. Back at the Slab Stocks Pro dashboard here, uh, we're looking at Trey Young's rookie courtside base PSA 10 so that's a super short printed courtside base we're going to pull up the one-year view on him um, heading into the new year we saw you know his the high point of his market was $2,700 for this particular card it was a steady riser um, from December of 2020 all the way through to the the beginning of this year and then kind of inexplicably we've seen it just drop off uh, you know you get a real stairwell a type of effect all the way till today. Today we're sitting at $901 when back in January $2,700. So just a third of the price today is what you would have gotten in January. Obviously if you bought it in January this is really painful to look at but uh, in my opinion again just a great buy opportunity. Uh, probably one of the best buys around right now. Uh, $901 for a super short printed courtside base. If you look at Prism Silver or, or Optic or any of those other cards, they're not short printed at all, as courtside definitely is. Um, and uh, heading into the playoffs, I think Trey Young is one of those players that really stands a chance to raise his profile, as this is his first playoff appearance. This next one brings me no joy whatsoever. I'm talking situations you might want to avoid. And I won't dwell on this too long since the wound goes too deep for me. Uh, but Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks making an early exit last year against the Miami Heat absolutely cratered Giannis's market in a way that it just hasn't recovered from since. And don't get me wrong, there's still a ton of demand for the Greek freak. But but even in the midst of another MVP caliber season on an improved Bucks team, the memory of those two straight playoff boots when the Bucks were among the favorites in the Eastern Conference, it just doesn't leave people's memory banks quickly. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me sort of thing. And no one wants to be fooled a third time by the Bucks. So the whole market is kind of in a wait and see mode on Giannis. And there have been other teams that have performed worse in the last two playoffs, you know, like the, the Celtics or the Sixers out East. But those teams didn't come into the playoffs at the top of the conference like Milwaukee did. And those heightened expectations due to a pristine regular season record really just propped the Bucks up to have their legs swept out from under them during the playoffs, only to earn the moniker of a regular season team. So obviously, I'm really hoping that they reverse that trend this year, although I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about the Bucks' first round matchup against the Miami Heat. But I'm happy that they didn't bench their starters the other night and lose on purpose. If you want to be the best, you can't be scared of anyone. So this year, 
There are a couple of other highly ranked regular season teams that I'm a little bit worried might earn that label as regular season teams and, well, then take some of the derision away from the Greek freak. So that would be okay in my book. Uh, Just by total gut guesswork, I'd say there are a few potential upsets out there in the first round. I'm not looking at the four or five matchups since, you know, wouldn't really consider that an upset at all. Um, But I'm looking at Utah at the top of the West against presumably Golden State. Although we don't know that matchup again, obviously due to the play-in tournament not having happened yet. And then Phoenix, presumably against the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, could be someone else. And then Denver against Portland and Milwaukee against Miami. Now, most likely the majority of those won't be upsets, but those seem to be the most likely ones from the first round series. And really, I'd be most surprised by Utah losing to Golden State. If that's the matchup, I kind of assume that Utah would win. Uh, But even so... If history were to repeat itself this year, I'd be on the watch out for Donovan Mitchell's market. You know, as they do enter the postseason with the league's best record overall and, and already having faced questions all year long about whether they could keep it up, the narrative seems primed to shift against them if they do not make it at least to the Western Conference Finals. And I have no idea at all if they will make it or if they won't make it. But having watched the Bucks go from top seed to mockery each of the last two playoffs, I do worry about the Utah Jazz since things could be lining up for them to be the next regular season, prove it in the playoffs type of team, you know, which is literally just like the most annoying thing in the NBA. But we get a team earning that title every single year. The last two years, it was my Bucks. Uh, and, and trust me, once, it on, once it's on, it's just kind of stuck there. So I don't want this to happen at all. I love the Jazz. I love Donovan Mitchell. But I'm a bit hesitant to jump on board at this juncture because if these things do happen, it could be a while before his market recovers. And then last up, I know we've done a lot of talking about scoring thus far, but that's not the only side of the ball that can really change a player's perception league-wide. And the best example of this came from last year's playoffs when Lou Dort went from being a a relative unknown in the larger NBA circles uh, to being one of the real cult-following type of players in the league. It all happened in the Thunder's first round matchup against the Houston Rockets when Lou Dort just you know, absolutely wrecked havoc on James Harden's offensive game. And the level of defense was just so astonishing that his defensive plays were being turned into highlights, which just rarely happens. Now the Thunder are obviously not in the playoffs, so we don't have Lou Dort this year. But there are a few guys in this year's playoffs whose man-to-man defense is so good that they can actually find the spotlight on themselves due to their defensive contributions. And Dort's card market really took off during that playoff appearance last year. And we could see history repeat itself this year with a few of these guys. I mean, Drew Holiday, Michael Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons. They're just some of those guys whose defense can really just pop off the screen in a way that usually only offensive highlights do. Uh, Bam Adebayo should have thrown in there too. Uh, But the guy that I have on my, my eye on for the honorary Lou Dort playoff stopper award is Matisse of the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, we obviously don't know their first round matchup, but it could certainly be against the Washington Wizards. This season, Thibel finds himself squarely in the rotation and a larger part of the roster than he was last year. And assuming the Sixers don't get swept in the first round like they did last time around, he should have plenty of opportunities to showcase his otherworldly defensive talent. He's one of just six players in NBA history with a block and steal percentage over 3%. Two of his peers in that category being the Admiral David Robinson and Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Thibel is that good, and if the 76ers make a deep run, he'll have lots of opportunities to put NBA Twitter in a frenzy, which certainly won't hurt his card market. 
Uh, let's go take a look real quick at his marketplace over at Slab Stocks Pro. Back here for our last trip to the Slab Stocks Pro database, pulling up 2019 Prism Silver Matisse Thibel. Uh, we're looking at his PSA 10. If we switch over to the one-year uh, the one year tracker here, uh, really just kind of shocking. You look back to August of last year, we you know we see a rise through the through COVID, like with everyone else. Uh, we see it hit a peak early in August. Um, you know, with the beginning of the playoffs, and then really kind of dropped off. And and he's you know Matisse Thibel is one of these guys that really just benefits so much from Twitter hype, and he, and he tends to get a lot of it in spurts. Um, but you also see just these these big these big mountains, and then these big valleys. Uh, we've just come out of a big valley, sixty nine dollars for this card for Matisse Thibel just at the beginning, the mid, the end of April or end of February. Uh, to is February, end of February, and now we've been on the rise of late. We're up to $167 here, $160 of late. Um, so I don't know if it's the world's greatest buy right now, but I do really think that Matisse Thibel has a good chance to show out uh, in the playoffs and, and getting that playoff spotlight on him and, and knowing that he can play just excellent defense and he's going to be facing up against some of the world's best you know, basketball players since he is playing in the NBA playoffs. Uh, going to be a really good chance for him to, to raise that profile back up to where it was uh, back in August of last year. So those are my best guesses as to what players might raise their profiles or who might damage their reputation. There will be many more such players in each category over the next few months. Maybe for some that affects their market in the short term, but even if it doesn't, any change in public sentiment will tend to hang on into next season. So pay close attention to the shifting feelings around a given player through this postseason, and you just might be able to capitalize heading into the offseason. Uh, until next time, it's been a pleasure to have you today. Really appreciate you taking out the time to listen, and I'll see you next week.